0: I
1: wish I could put my fist through the whole lousy beautiful town. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I'm your host, Abby, and I'm joined by your other host, Jess. Hey. Hey, what up? What up? <laughs> it's another week. <laughs> it's been a week, and as we're recording this, it's only Tuesday, so, you know. Having a nice big glass of wine. Me too. As for huge, <laughs> but to the, tonight I have a red
0: instead of um, a white. I have a white. Oh. <laughs> it's because actually I the same it. same kind of wine that I was drinking last time. Same. I don't know what it's called. It. Not vintage. I don't know it. I don't know anything <laughs> about. I don't know anything about wine. I don't know why I'm trying to pretend like I do. <laughs> it's the same kind. It's just a different bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh have like
1: the same mouth feel and
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> other weird wine shit yeah, I yeah don't know. mine mine's just a, a barefoot sweet red blend because i am a
0: cheap bitch hey man i buy like four dollar wine from trader joe's all oh, the time yeah. and it's delicious you can't yeah. really it doesn't you have to drink the whole bottle because it doesn't keep very well but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a problem <laughs> no i
1: buy like the giant bottles for Ooh. 10 bucks And then that lasts me for a while. But anyway, this is not a wine podcast. (laughs) Nor are we
0: lattes with Leia because they always
1: start off with what they're drinking every episode.
0: Book Wars Pod, too. (laughs) Oh,
1: yes, that's true. Book Wars Pod also does this. Um,
0: We're coming for your brands. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's just a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) We just had a week, a couple, Mm -hmm. maybe a month in a row, a couple months Mm -hmm. in a row. I don't know. You know. You know, just living the dream.
1: Okay, we actually have some Star Wars news this week. Got some stuff about San Diego Comic-Con and some stuff about D2-3. Um, but <laughs> basically, one of the big news things within like Star Wars Twitter-verse was uh, Star Wars Twitter learned about capitalism this past week. <laughs> um, there was a lot of hubbub over the unveiling of the Sith Trooper. Which is just basically a first order trooper, but red, um, <laughs> and called a Sith trooper. And lots of people were talking about how they are only releasing these to make money. Which is like, duh. duh. <laughs> Why do you think they come out with like new iterations of stormtroopers for every movie? Because they sell. <laughs> yeah. Like they do. I need to break it to you, but your Star Wars is part of a capitalist hellscape. <laughs> where Disney owns everything.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of merch associated with this Sith Trooper too. There's like a mug, there's costumes, there's shirts, there's hats, it's like a whole bunch of stuff. So they yeah. came ready.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: They know people, people like Red and people like troopers. So there yeah. you
1: go. I um was not on Twitter for much of that day cuz I was working and I came back and it's like that episode of Community when Donald Glover's character comes back from getting pizza and everything's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of how it felt logging onto Twitter that day. <laughs> Same. And I was, like, I was like, oh, okay, so they learned about capitalism today. Okay.
0: Well, it was also oh, funny because people were, like, upset about it being called a Sith trooper. hmm Like, what does that mean? I thought there were no more Sith and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. And, like, everyone's speculating based off of its name. <sighs> Which I was just like, it's just a name. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. As a friendly reminder, we don't do
1: speculation
0: on Lousy Beautiful Town.
1: One, because we're lazy <laughs> and two, because it's hard.
0: We're just not creative enough.
1: <laughs> no. And like, even if I do, like I'm worried I'm going to get like too attached to an idea. Yeah. And like, if it doesn't happen, I end up
0: disappointed. Yes. Um. This, I got burned in the Harry Potter fandom because of this. I got too attached to like how I thought the ending should be. And I didn't like the last book because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read it and upon reading it again and rewatching the movies again, I'm like, Oh, this is actually not bad. But I didn't read that right. book for like years after I was like, I don't like this because <laughs> it's not <laughs> what I wanted.
1: <laughs> right. I remember before the last Jedi, um, I got involved with a lot of speculation on Tumblr that Finn was going to lead a stormtrooper revolution, Aww. which is something I still desperately want. But like a yeah. lot of the scenes that we saw of him from like TV spots and the trailer and stuff like that all had him going back to the first order and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And he was like in cost, like in disguise, it looked, it, did- it very much looked that way. Like he was right. going in undercover to like rally up the rally the troops or something.
1: Right. And like, I wish it happened. <laughs> and I was I, kind of bummed yeah. when it
0: didn't. Yeah,
1: same. So I try not to speculate because I don't want to get
0: too attached. It's better to have low expectations than to be disappointed. <laughs> God, we're such pessimists. <laughs> You're like, we have all. low expectations about everything. This is how I uh, mitigate my depression. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a mood. <laughs> Um, Did you find out that there's actually a lot of panels at (laughs) Comic-Con?
0: Yeah, um, I don't know what's wrong with me because I (laughs) couldn't find anything out about D23 and I also couldn't find anything out about Comic-Con and apparently there's tons of Star Wars panels at Comic-Con and I'm just dumb and I can't navigate a website or a con schedule. I think what happened was I, I don't, I don't even know. I was drinking and I just yeah. was lazy and I was like, I only see two panels, but that is not the case. There's lots.
1: You were also looking at it like right before we were about to record,
0: so yeah, you're that's probably true. like rushing too. Yeah, but um, yeah, there is gonna be a publishing panel. I don't know what they're gonna announce at these panels because I don't. I mean, maybe we'll have new stuff for them to announce, but I don't feel like they would. I don't know. I don't. D23 yeah. is in a month. Like, why would
1: right.
0: they? Why? Why?
1: the only thing i can imagine honestly is like them talking about books that are coming out like that we already know about um and maybe talking to us about what project luminous means i don't know but honestly i can't see them unveiling anything post rise of skywalker yet
0: yeah they're doing a lot of like le- the lead in to the what is it? What is it called? The- Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. There we go. Yeah. So they're doing a bunch of that stuff, but mm-hmm. they're not. Which doing I always anything. enjoy those kinds of books. I do too. And I don't feel like they're marketed well because no. I didn't know that before the awakening existed until like this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I read it and I was like, this is great.
1: I love this.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't remember that being marketed at all. And I'm pretty like even before I was like super active on Star Wars Twitter, I was pretty like up on the books. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, I'm on Goodreads all the time. Right. <laughs> I'm on I'm on Amazon all the time, looking to see what's yep. coming up. They always tell me what you know new Star Wars books are ready to be pre-ordered or whatever. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I if if it's not,
0: Thrawn, they don't <laughs> advertise. it. Everyone has a boner for Thrawn, Abby. I don't I don't
1: <laughs> get it. I mean, to each their own. Who is the new chiss lady? Admiral Arlani. She's hot, huh?
0: I want her to step
1: on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I so we're both in a group chat called Smut Wars, which mm-hmm. is a ladies only chat.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I forget who said it, but someone was like, these books are too sexy. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, every cover that comes out is just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, and it's like for both sides. There's men and ladies and there's mm-hmm. everything.
1: The only thing I know about the Thrawn books is... Eli, right? Is that what his yeah. name is? Mm-hmm. He's like
0: the bottom of the Star Wars galaxy. Like, oh, the yeah. Bottom. <laughs> he is. Him and Thrawn are a big old ship, and yeah. Eli is the bottom, Thrawn is the top, and it's great. There's so much. There, well, there used to be when Tumblr allowed us to have porn. Um, there yeah. Used to be, <laughs> there used to be lots of great fan art of that ship.
1: Also, oh, I want to mention real quick that I've seen some great fan art. Uh, I feel like all of a sudden recently after our episode with Jacqueline of Ray with a big fat dick I have too and I'm like I'm really glad like I'm glad this has caught on thank you Jacqueline I think Jacqueline's
0: on to something I know she started a revolution yeah Ray has a big fat dick revolution. Ray the trans lesbian. I'm here yes. for. Yeah. Speaking
1: of things that we're not here for,
0: um, <laughs> we got news
1: that the Mandalorian will be coming to D23, uh, and the little blurb they gave on StarWars.com is they mentioned the panels on Friday, August 23rd. They'll the people in Hall D23 will get a sneak preview of the upcoming live action series, The Mandalorian. Executive producer John Favreau will be joined by Dave Filoni and other special guests for an onstage presentation, offering a glimpse at the titular bounty hunter and his travels to the outer reaches of the galaxy far, far away. It's basically what they showed at Celebration.
0: Same shit, different venue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it? I, I wonder if they're going to show any new footage though, and they're probably never going to release it because they still haven't released <laughs> no. the other shit.
1: No. <laughs> And I'm like, is this supposed to get me hyped for Mandalorian? Because again, I'm still not, because I haven't seen a goddamn thing from it, except for some pictures.
0: I'm pretty sure D23 doesn't stream their panels, too. They do not. So D23 is pretty exclusive. D23
1: tends to be more for like business partners and stockholders and shit like that, so that mm. they can see what their money is going into, as opposed to
0: like Star Wars Celebration, which is literally for us. Maybe I will hit up, but why though, and see if I can get a press pass. (laughs) Ooh, that's a good idea. I can report back. I was gonna say report back if they show the same video. Yeah, yeah. I need to find something kind of Marvel or Shield related to write up, do write ups on. But that's oh, I'm sure you it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check that out. Hey, Kate and Matt, if you're listening. (laughs) <laughs> Sign Jess up. Speaking of, we're going to get Kate as a guest on the pod soon. Um, mm-hmm. from but why though? She's awesome. Um, we're working out logistics. Hell but yeah. She loves to scream about Star Wars and put her fist through things too. She's perfect. <laughs> so, speaking of
1: putting our fist through things, <laughs> let's put our fist through <laughs> Unlikable Women, which sounds inappropriate when you say it <laughs> like that. Abigail, what are you doing? Um, We're going to talk about unlikable women.
0: (laughs) Where would we be? What would we be if we didn't have inappropriate
1: whatever?
0: I don't know. This has somehow become our brand of like
1: we drink wine and we say really inappropriate shit and we also have really deep deep stuff, but also porn. Yeah, Annalisa, we owe her everything. We do. So we. Brought up this topic in our last episode about Alphabet Squadron because we both talked at length about how we kind of were reading Alphabet Squadron and we're like, I don't like Erica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why don't I like Erica? And it was a lot of self reflection on how much the patriarchy has influenced our lives and internalized misogyny is one hell of a drug. um But we were like, we can make this into an entire conversation oh, yeah. because. Um, unlikable woman is a big trope um, and there are plenty in Star Wars and there are plenty in the real world. So we're going to talk about that. So first let's let's dive into like what makes a woman quote-unquote unlikable.
0: <sighs> she has characteristics that aren't seen as feminine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Basically any, any female character that if what they did, uh, if they were a man, would be accepted. If mm-hmm. they're doing it as a lady is unlikable. Yeah. So like they're not like
1: in a caretaker role. They're not mothering somebody.
0: Yeah, they're being they're ambitious. They're kind of cutthroat. Maybe mm-hmm. they're violent. Um, but we like the femme fatales. We just don't like right. the women who enjoy violence and like I don't know. Um, they're flawed. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're flawed in the way that men are allowed to be flawed, but not the way that women are allowed to be flawed. Like, they're not allowed to, like, agonize over morality or be morally gray. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember this. I was just thinking about this because the word
1: ambition made me think about it. Long time ago, I remember, I think it was either myself or Emma, because apparently (laughs) I also get myself and Emma confused, Uh, (laughs) which... What
0: the fuck? Um, <laughs> uh, For those of you who don't know, people get Emma and Abby confused all the time. <laughs> You're both like brunette-ish with glasses. Uh, we look nothing alike. I, you don't look anything alike. I don't understand why people confuse you, but it's I
1: funny. Get it? <laughs> what the hell? You're both anyway. loud queer
0: ladies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Well, fuck, Lynn must also be us, too. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so either she or I <laughs> had posted um, something about, like, I think it was Leia being a Slytherin. Um, I am adamant in that I believe Leia is a Slytherin. Oh, some, yeah. of is, some of that some of that is is self-projection, because I, too, am a Slytherin. Um, Me, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is why we get along so well.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I remember like people getting fucking pissed about that. Like she's not like she's it's always she's a Gryffindor, which is like you can make a fair argument for that. But it's like always when we talk about a woman having the quote unquote characteristics of what a Slytherin is, it's a problem. Yeah. Oh, Emma was talking about Kira. That's what I remember. She was saying that. She thinks Kira is a Slytherin. Oh, yeah. And I 100 percent agree. Because she's cunning and ambitious. Ambish, ambitious. She's <laughs> ambitious. <laughs> and like she's loyal. Like even though she's not necessarily loyal to Han. She's loyal to the whatever the fuck gang she's part of. Herself. She's loyal to herself. She's loyal to herself. <laughs> yeah. And I mean like people were angry about like this idea that Kira or Leia or anything like that could be anything but can't be that can't be ambitious can't look out for yourself
0: yeah can't like want to do better and like be better like all ambition is is like trying to rise up like and like it's really interesting because I think about this in like my my role at work a lot Mm -hmm. and so often I feel like professionally I try to take credit away from like what i've done to like be like Mm -hmm. well this person helped me or just like diminish like the hard work that i've done because it's not seen as like i feel uncomfortable being like i did this and i deserve credit for it and because of that i deserve to be promoted or get a raise or whatever Mm -hmm. like I like being recognized for things, but I don't like being the one to throw myself out there and say, right. like, I did this and I'm amazing. It's really, really hard for me to do. And I know I'm not the only woman Mm-mm. that feels that way. Um, I know a lot of women. I mean, I forget who was talking about this on Twitter the other day, but like imposter, sy- imposter syndrome and anxiety is just like so common for us. And especially when it comes to work and trying to navigate that like ambitious line versus like being humble. Cause women are mm-hmm. expected to have humility mm-hmm. and like we're seen as like collaborators and like all this dumb shit. And it's like, no, you don't have to be that way. You can just do your right. work and take credit for it. And I feel like the type of Women that do that are seen as unlikable. <laughs> they get called bossy. Yeah, I actually had a
1: conversation similar to that with my coworker today. In that, I was the one downplaying myself because i I've only been employed at my current place of employment for a short amount of time. But i I was like, "How did I end up with sixty kids on my caseload already? Oh my like, that's a lot of kids." <laughs> and my coworker is like, "Because you're good at what you do, and we trust you." with these clients. Yeah. And I'm like, whew. And then try to downplay it because that's what I've been taught to do. Yeah. Um, but thankfully I work on a team full of women and that's that's really special and really wonderful. Um, and they're all like, shut the fuck up. Like just (laughs) acknowledge the fact that you're good. And I'm like, okay, fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um there my team is mostly women and Mm -hmm. we try to be really good about that. Um it was funny. I was talking to my my therapist about something work-related a couple months ago, and I was having a lot of anxiety around it. And she's like, okay, let's do a thought exercise. If you were a man, how
1: mm-hmm. would
0: you be reacting differently to this? And I was like, I wouldn't give a fuck. I would just own it, <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And I was like, wow, that is that says a lot about the system that we live in yeah. and how it's conditioned us to think of ourselves a certain way and like not want to take credit for stuff that we're actually good at and think that we're good at things right it sucks like can you imagine i mean like dudes if you're listening to this can you imagine like going around your entire life thinking that you're not good enough mm-hmm. because you're conditioned to think you're not good enough and you need to do better like that takes right. a toll on our mental health just like as a gender <laughs> right it's crazy and then the women who embrace that are they're like oh no she's she's too much she's, she's too arrogant she's yeah a bitch. yeah
1: i got called bossy a lot when i was a kid so did i <laughs> <laughs> nothing about that surprises me Cause like, like i you know you're a child and you're not embedded in internalized misogyny yet and you are like I have my own mind and I can do whatever the fuck I want cuz I'm five. Like, well also
0: you're an only child. Yeah. I was an only child for 12 years and so I think when you're an only child you don't have that like sibling um like social dynamic right where there's like a power structure with like older sibling, younger sibling, boy, girl, whatever. And so mm-hmm. you're just like in a vacuum and you're just your own yeah. person. So there yeah. it's kind of like you get to just be who you are no matter what.
1: <laughs> right. 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 Well, yeah. Cause that was where like the big problem was, was when I was in preschool. Um, and my parents had me do two years of preschool. So that way I could socialize with other kids, um, which was smart, but I was also a little, no, I knew what I wanted and I wasn't, I caught myself just now. I knew what <laughs> I wanted to do. And like, I wanted to fucking play house. And, <laughs> and <laughs> like, And fuck everyone else who didn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, like, I, you know, I had no inhibition of being, like, this is what I want. And, like, now, God, advocating for myself is terrifying.
0: Yeah. I wanted to play There's Lava on the Floor. And fuck you if you didn't (laughs) want to play with me. This is my house. Like, get out if you don't want to be here. Right. (laughs) Uh, I'm such a uh, brat. No, I'm not a brat. I just wanted what I wanted. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, not sorry. God damn
1: it. <laughs> but see, men listening to this, cis men listening to this, this is what we live with every this, day. This is our internal dialogue constantly. <laughs> Do you know how many times I have to edit out just in emails? Yeah. Because I'm tired of saying, I just wanted, I'm just letting, like, no, I wanted to know. I'm letting you know. Yeah. Stuff like that, because like men don't put that
0: in their emails. Nope.
1: I've never gotten an email from a male colleague with just. It's always from my female colleagues, colleagues, (laughs) colleagues. I had a long day of talking to people. That's my job. (laughs) Same. I and you know what?
0: When I get an email from a male colleague, I don't assume that they're being a dick if they don't have all these like extra words in there to soften their tone. Right. Like, why do I assume that people are going to think that I'm being bitchy because I'm not softening my tone in my emails? Right. Ugh.
1: It's very frustrating.
0: So, yeah, that's basically
1: what um, makes a woman, quote, unquote, unlikable. So let's kind of get into the unlikable women in Star Wars. So let's talk about Erica first, since we already kind of started that conversation last week. Um, We talked a lot about ex- having to examine why we didn't like Erica.
0: Which I... have I'm kind of sad. I don't really remember what we talked about because I was pretty drunk. By the end of our episode. I actually need to go back and like re-listen to it when I was record or when I was editing. It. I was like, wow, we made some really good points. I can't believe we're yeah. drunk right now. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, Erica's not warm. She's not personable. I think we said. What else did we say? Um, she's yeah. I think I said she's not Hera like Hera has all of the the yeah. characteristics of like a likable woman and um Erica is very much not her and mm-hmm. it's funny because in the book like Hera knows that right 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 and it makes her even more likable <laughs> cuz she's like so understanding but um Erica has, makes mistakes she has to learn from them she has to adjust like how she treats people um and then, like, the small victories that she does yeah. get, she doesn't, like, she gloats in them a little bit. She's, like, proud of herself, <laughs> you know? Like, when she, like, decorated mm-hmm. everybody's ships with Alphabet Squadron, she was, like, really happy right. about that. And it's like, right. oh, that's cute. She struggles with being a leader. Yeah. Um. Which is so relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah. And maybe not so much when she was within the Empire where, you know, things were very regimented. Um, everybody knew what they were getting into when they were getting into it and that's not the case with the rebellion and so she struggles to be a leader within a group that has no cohesion in any way shape or form and a leader is supposed to bring a group together and that's fucking hard to do even if you are a good leader um with a team full of resistant people like alphabet squadron (laughs) yeah um but she's not she struggles with being a leader and
0: we don't get to see that with women No. We don't see that with Leia.
1: We don't see that with
0: Mon Mothma. Mm -mm. We don't see that. Who else is a leader? There's so few women to choose from. This sucks. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was literally going down the list, and I'm like, wow, there's like 10 women total, Mm -hmm. if that.
1: And I I know nothing about Legends except from what I listen to on rogue pod you know? <laughs> bear with me but like i do remember like some discussions of some of the men struggling to find a leadership position like i feel like at the beginning of rogues rogue squadron like wedge kind of struggled with being a leader to a squadron and like everybody has you know he gets the opportunity to learn and to make mistakes
0: um oh, i, I poe got that in the last jedi yeah yeah that's that's controversial but
1: yeah <laughs> that's a hot topic issue we'll get to that one
0: because we're going to talk about Holdo in a bit so yeah we'll get to that
1: that's pretty much what my process of thinking was with Erica when I was reading the book and challenging myself on why don't I like her and I'm like oh because she's she's not Hera basically because yeah. yeah. Hera's you know Hera Hera's yeah. Hera <laughs> <laughs> um what about Jin? Jin or
0: So I find it very interesting that, I mean, we don't know this for sure, but um, apparently a lot of the reshoots that were done were to make Jin more likable and to make her less severe, to kind of soften her character for Rogue One. Hmm. And that bothers me for multiple reasons, but also just like she's... People tell me all the time, or not, they don't tell me because I'm not, they just say on Twitter. I don't know why I said Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) I see people on Twitter and I talk to people IRL (laughs) that about Jen and um, I see people talking about Jen and how they had a hard time connecting to her, men and women. And I think it's because um, they have a hard time seeing how she went from like stone cold, apathetic, don't give a fuck just out to survive to I'm all in with the rebellion Mm -hmm. and to me I very much see that progression because she has a complete emotional breakdown about her dad Mm -hmm. like at like both dads like saw and and Galen Mm -hmm. and she just doesn't have time to do anything, to mourn, to do anything. She just has to take action right away because right. trauma and Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I just find it interesting that like the lack of emotion from her towards the beginning of the film is seen as unlikable. Yeah. The lack of openness, the lack of passion, whatever you want to call it. Right. Because if she was a dude, they wouldn't, people wouldn't be saying those things.
1: Like, okay, so Han Solo in A New Hope is like, I'm not in it for your rebellion. Yeah. And, like, he's one of the most popular characters of all time. Dudes jerk off to Han Solo all the time um, because they totally misunderstand his character all the time, but that's another mm-hmm. topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, Han has a very similar journey to Jin. Han just takes longer yeah. of... I don't want anything to do with this. I'm not in it for your rebellion. I'm not in it for you. I'm in it for the money. And then I'm getting the hell out of here.
0: Yeah. And
1: eventually, you know, over the course of three movies has his change of heart and stuff like that. And he's, you know, really been a rebel at heart all along. And that's kind of what Jin goes through just in the span of one movie.
0: Yeah. I love her so much because her journey, we need to do a whole episode on her because yes, fuck like there's so much to talk about but just her journey specifically is so relatable to me like I had such a hard time connecting to my emotions for decades I have tons of childhood trauma like that was just never addressed I never went to therapy that wasn't something like my family did (laughs) and finally like when I was like essentially given permission to feel things like mm-hmm. I have all these emotions I don't know what to do with it like th- now I'm on this like social justice path and I want to be an activist mm-hmm. and do all this stuff and it's like I have so many feelings I don't know what to do with them and I don't know even how to like label them and it's like I'm all over the place mm-hmm. like and that's what I see in Jen. and yeah. like okay maybe that's unlikable because she just has been through a lot of shit like that's not fair Mm -hmm. to to say that she's unlikable because like i said if it was a dude he would be Mm -hmm. seen as this hardened guy that had a rough childhood and oh man pain man pain man pain and he's rising above it to like join a cause and that's great but when Mm -hmm. it's jen doing that it's like oh i didn't see the connection between those two points it's like
1: what right like ignoring the fact that I mean, even if you didn't read the ancillary material that gives you a lot of background on what Jin's life was like before yeah. Rogue One. Rebel Rising. You see, yeah. You yeah. see it in the like, beginning of the film that she has childhood trauma. She watched her mother die. Yeah. She was ripped away from her father and then went to Saw. And like you hear her anger at Saw when they meet again and he's like, You you were the daughter of an imperial scientist and she's like, You dumped me. I was sixteen. Yeah. And so like Jin has a lot of attachment issues. Yeah. And so God forbid she's apathetic about attaching herself to an entire cause.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you don't look up. Right. We- and it's like
1: I remember seeing a lot of people like try and justify that line of like, oh she was doing it to hurt Saw's feelings. And like, what if she wasn't? No, I like, 100% let-
0: believe she felt that way. Yeah. Because I would feel that way too.
1: <laughs> right. Let Jin have her flaws. Let her be flawed in that, like, you know, that's a pretty privileged thing to say. It's not a problem if you don't look up.
0: Yeah, I think if people are saying she's just saying that to make Saw angry, that's totally taking away from the conversation that Cassian and her had on the E-Wing. The E-Wing? E wing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a D wing now? I just made that a thing. <laughs> Fake Star Wars fan. You wing. Because um, that conversation is about her privilege, and she doesn't get it until yeah. she realizes that her father has been on the side of the rebellion the entire time. Cassian's been in this fight since he was six years old. okay oh, God. As a baby. <laughs> Sweet murdery baby. But yes, we should
1: do a whole episode on Jin because we could talk for hours about her. Oh, yeah. The great Holdo issue of 2018 into 2019. (sighs) I don't think we'll get too terribly much into the full dynamics of Poe and Holdo um, because that's, again, a whole other podcast. But a huge part of why the hate last Jedi crowd that is like like the man babies you know what Mm -hmm. i mean this is not reflective of people who didn't like the last jedi for very legitimate reasons um people who are upset about the treatment of poe as a brown man like those are all very valid and legitimate criticisms there's Um, a lot
0: of complex issues within this relationship right
1: when i'm referring to assholes who didn't like holdo i mean like the let's remake the last jedi people Mm -hmm. and the people who have harassed us in the past basically at the end of the day they don't like holdo because she's a woman in a dress with funky hair and she doesn't take shit from anybody
0: so i have major issues with how holdo was written yes because i I feel like ryan johnson was using this trope that is very commonly used with this like Military leader that steps in and like changes things up for the heroes and they're kind of set as like an antagonistic force, Mm -hmm. even though they're on the same side and it's, it's weird in this situation because. Leia just got completely sidelined and so like but Mm -hmm. we know that Holdo has Leia's blessing like they're really good friends and we don't know this person but also he put her in a dress he gave her cute Mm -hmm. hair he -hmm. made her very feminine for a reason and I feel like it was too it was that whole subversion thing of well, I'm going to bring in this female character and she's going to play this character that's in a typically masculine role in the military, but she's very feminine. And that, I feel like, was in poor taste because we don't have enough female characters in Star Wars in general to be able to make a, quote, I don't want to say she's a villain, but an antagonist to one of our heroes Mm -hmm. and make it a good story. Mm -hmm. Like, and especially one that like uses this like stereotypes of femininity versus like it within a masculine role, a traditionally masculine role. Like yeah. I understand what he was trying to do, but I don't think he was the person that should have done it.
1: <laughs> no, it felt very much so like Ryan Johnson was like, look, I can I I can feminist too, yeah. and it's very like feminism like first wave feminism. Yeah, or
0: maybe maybe like second wave. I don't know the waves. I just believe in equality.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it it very much so felt like he was trying to set it up as a look at this man. Being mean to a woman in a leadership role. Don't all women experience this? Haha, I'm Ryan Johnson, a man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but the whole Holdo and Poe issue is very deep and very complex. And maybe something we'll get into.
0: Yeah, actually there was an episode on your old podcast um that yes. you used to do Beltway Banthas that um actually my my editor from uh But why though, um Kate Sanchez was on. It was Yes and she it was an excellent episode about this it's very so thing. Nice. So if it's it was archived, fucking
1: fantastic. I think so. No. Um it was fucking fantastic. Kate doesn't hold any punches. No, um, she doesn't. <laughs>
0: Kate is very much so the woman who gets what she wants. And I appreciate that about her. I do too. But yeah, she has excellent nuanced opinions and thoughts about this. And if you get a chance, you should go listen to it. Um, but we definitely need to do a full episode on Holdo and, and Poe. Yes. Because I think like it's been long enough that we can have some distance yeah. from it. Maybe after Rise of Skywalker, we can have even mm-hmm. more distance. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, I, I think Holdo is a product of not only bad writing or just misinformed writing. And yeah. then also, like, it was a white man not looking at big picture of right. the complex issues. And then also, there's like the sexist part of it where, you know, she is a feminine person in a traditionally masculine role, and that's upsetting. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. makes her unlikable.
1: <laughs> right. Right. You put in here early Ahsoka, which I totally didn't even think about, but you're 100% right.
0: Everybody hated early Ahsoka. Like, Ashley Eckstein got, like, so much hate for early Clone Wars Ahsoka. And it's like, it just shows, like, what our society feels about teen girls. Because Ahsoka is, like, what, 14? Yeah. When she starts training with Anakin... And yeah, she's annoying. She's supposed to be. She's learning. She's young, like, she's lived lived in a fucking ascetic monk-like filled land for the first 14 years of her life. Like, this is her first time out, like, being able to do something crazy with, like, this dude that's out of his mind, but super powerful. And I just, I love Ahsoka so much and I love early Ahsoka. So I just totally don't understand this. The only thing that I can chalk it up to is just that people don't take people, men don't take teen girls seriously <laughs> and they find them annoying.
1: Exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah. Cause um, I've talked about this
1: before, but I got into the clone wars pretty late in the game after it was already done for a while. Um, like I fell in love with Ahsoka immediately because part of it was I saw a lot of myself in her, especially, yeah. like, my 14-year-old self in her. Yeah. Um. And I remember thinking, like, God, I would have killed to have actually grown up with this. Um, yeah. Which would have meant that I grew up with Ahsoka, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Which would have been fucking rad. But eh, whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember, like, reading for the first time about how people fucking hated her initially and mm-hmm. like ashley Eckstein got a lot of hate and I, I remember her talking in an interview about why she thinks that people hated her she's like she's a 14 year old girl who called anakin skywalker sky guy and r2 2 yeah and i was like really that's why you guys hate her like she's 14
0: Sorry, she's not like a Jedi general, right? Immediately, right? When she's introduced, it's called character development and growth. (laughs) People, (laughs) Uh. Uh, it drives me crazy. It's just interesting because, like, of course, we relate to Ahsoka because we've been fourteen-year-old girls, right? And it makes sense that like certain people in fandom wouldn't relate to that or understand it. Ahsoka's made mistakes. Like she's mm-hmm. made big mistakes. People have died, and she's been unsure of herself, and she's been in trouble, and she's been punished. And it's like, yeah, like yeah, and it brought her to a place where she ended up with the rebellion. Like that's growth. That's normal. Mm-hmm. That's growing mm-hmm. up. <laughs> that's growing yeah. up in a wartime, in right. a very odd situation—a warrior, uh, monk situation. Well,
1: and like, yes, the the dudes complaining about it can't relate to being a 14 year old girl but they can definitely relate to being 14 and i guarantee you none of you were not annoying when you were 14
0: i just think about the latest season of stranger things season three Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna say anything that's super spoilery but there's just like if if you haven't watched it there's just a couple scenes where it's like girls the two girls are hanging out and being girls doing girl Mm -hmm. things and then the boys are hanging out and being boys and doing boy things and it's so accurate and it's like dude like you guys are allowed to have these characters and it's endearing to see them be stupid like 14 year old boys that are like farting and like Mm -hmm. being and like being gross and saying gross things but like when girls are being girls and like want to go shopping and do makeovers and read magazines and read comic books and like do quote-unquote girl things when they're teens it's like oh god it's eye-rolling like i i really appreciated how they presented it in like a positive way on the show um because i don't feel like that's normal unless you're watching a show that's specifically targeted toward teen girls but dudes are dumb and 14 at some point too so it's like oh my
1: god which i work with so many I work with so many 14 year olds. Oh God. I'm None so of you sorry. were not annoying. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, it's so funny when I was younger, I always wanted a brother because I was kind of a tomboy. I am so glad I have a sister because, <laughs> Oh my God, I could not have handled the teen years with a boy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we talked about her a little bit earlier with um, my confusion between me and Emma and <laughs> your <Hoop> and <double-ganger>. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently. Um, But let's talk about Kira. So I think that Kira starts off as what men would think is a likable woman because she's sweet and cute and pretty and she loves Han just like they do. And when they realize that she has ambition and that maybe she's not here for Han. She's here for herself. Like she does care about Han. Like there's no denying that. Mm -hmm. But like. At the end of the day Kira cares Kira cares more about Kira than she does Han, yeah, and that's not a bad thing, no, because she's had to survive without him for years, yeah, and like who does he think he is to come waltzing back in and be like, "I'm going to
0: save you and she's just like, "You weren't here well, also, there's a lot that he does there's a lot of politics that he doesn't understand about the situation, right. and as someone who is a survivor. Like to be able to be in a position of power where you have control of your life that is so mm-hmm. important
1: mm-hmm.
0: like to i I totally get why she wouldn't give that up for some dude, like Han left before, like who's to say right. he's not gonna leave again? like right. it's so much easier to trust in yourself um and to trust that when you know that you're a capable person um than it is to trust in other people that have abandoned you in the past. Mm-hmm. wow that's projecting <laughs> girl this is projecting the podcast <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yeah I remember hearing I mean solo is complicated because there it <laughs> suffers from like writing issues and dudes and a lot of things but um I um I recently read uh Most Wanted Um, by Mm -hmm. Ray Carson, and it's young Kira and young Han, and um, you should definitely read it, even though I know you're not, like, super into Han and Solo and all that stuff, but Mm -hmm. Han and Solo, Han Solo, oh my god, (laughs) 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 Um, but it really gives an insight to Kira's, like, her intentions before she met Han, and, like, how she really wasn't, like, a team player, and she was with Han, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Han helped her open up and be like more trusting of friends. And then she totally lost that again after he left. And so like he was this window into being able to be just like a human that can have relationships. <laughs>
1: right. Right.
0: And I found that really fascinating. But she's still she's oh, she's had that ambition for mm-hmm. forever because she wants she wants to be the one making decisions and she wants to be the one in control of her life and having nice things she wants nice things that's relatable right. i want right. nice shit i don't know kira is a very relatable character and she is like yeah. a real person that you've probably met yeah oh for sure <laughs>
1: like and like as pissed as i was about amelia clark's casting like amelia clark X the fucking her fucking face off
0: yeah i know it really does bum me out that like so many women of color were up for the role and they chose amelia clark but like it's i mean the way that solo was written i'm kind of glad it wasn't a woman of color yeah because i wouldn't have wanted them to be i mean we saw what happened to vandy newton so Mm -hmm. so yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um better it happened to an actress that's already established and she's already had success outside i guess right 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 both yeah. of them i suppose but
1: mm-hmm. whatever
0: yeah. fuck you <laughs> involved with that movie <laughs> yeah yeah big fuck you to
1: john casted in particular yeah love your best friend abby Um The wine is really kicking in at this point, sorry. Burning Uh, more bridges, it's great. (laughs) Um so yeah, so those are some of the unlikable women within Star Wars uh that we could think of that immediately popped into our minds. But there are tons of women in other media that are unlikable uh female characters and like catch a lot of fucking flack. Yeah. Um you put a couple down here. And some of them I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, probably Villanelle and Eve. <laughs> yes. So Villanelle and Eve are from Killing Eve. Um, it's the BBC America show, and it's essentially like a spy. I don't know, a spy show kind of. Mhm. I don't even know what to call it because it's really fucking good, and you should definitely watch it, Abby. You'll really thoroughly enjoy this as a queer woman.
1: Is this the one with Sandra Oh? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's on my watch list. I need to watch it.
0: Jodie Comer plays Villanelle, but Jodie... So Villanelle is a serial killer, or she's, like, Mm. a hit woman. So she's a murderer. She loves murder. And um, Eve um, is, like, trying to figure out who she is, like, and she's kind of questioning, like, her marriage and her career, and she's kind of unlikable at some points because she makes decisions that you're, like, oh, that's not going to work out, (laughs) but it's okay Mm -hmm. to make mistakes because you're a human being but um i think because this show is written it's written by phoebe waller bridge by the way who played l3 in solo and it's fantastic um just because so all of the main characters most of the main characters are women and um eve's boss her name's caroline she is playing this like it's essentially like a CIA boss role or I guess it's like MI6 boss role. And it's a traditionally like very masculine male role. And she plays it like that, but she's a woman like she does weird. Mm-hmm. She's like weird eccentric shit. Like she's very like, Oh, I know what's going on all the time and I'm British and blah, blah, blah. But it's like <laughs> a traditionally like a man would play this role, but it's a woman. And yeah. her character is a little bit unlikable too. Cause you're like questioning her all the time. Um, that whole show is just brilliant. And I feel like if a man would have written the show, all three of these characters would not have been received the same. Yeah. <laughs> Villanelle Eve and Caroline, like Caroline, Caroline, Caroline. I don't know. <laughs> Brits are weird. They speak English weird. Yeah. Um, The other two, just because they popped into my head right away because me and Billy are dragging through season three of Jessica Jones. So boring. <laughs> um, But Jessica Jones and Jerry Hogarth came to mind. Because Jessica Jones is, like, an alcoholic. She's very, like, anti-hero type. Um, That show, too, has a lot of issues with writing. But, I Mm -hmm. mean, she's kind of unlikable. (laughs) Yeah. And Jerry Hogarth is, like, this, like, power woman who's, like, this badass attorney that makes all these toxic decisions and is just, like, a toxic person. Like, if a man was playing that role, he'd be, like, badass. And I don't know. Both of these shows are written by women. Killing Eve and Jessica Jones and I feel like Jerry Hogarth um, is written very like complex and I appreciate that she's also a lesbian oh hell yeah
1: um the next one you put on here was Carol Danvers and I'm like yes
0: (laughs) yeah um which is interesting because I feel like all the women that saw Captain Marvel were like fuck yeah Carol Danvers we stand," and then all the men that were being dumb saw it were like she's too arrogant like all the think yeah That are basically out there about Captain Marvel, Um, because if you think about it, if she was a dude, all of her behavior in the film would have been like, "Oh yeah, that's fine," but Mm -hmm. because it's a woman, it's she's arrogant. (laughs)
1: Yeah, or it's like, "How dare she talk to Nick Fury that way?" or something like that. And it's yeah,
0: or how dare she like revel in her power?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like, I mean, she has the very poignant moment of literally. (laughs) oppressor in their face and saying I have nothing to prove to you right and that's like (laughs) men's worst nightmare
0: (laughs) and it was really funny because I was like trying to think through like main like big pop culture shows and like films right now and I could literally Mm -hmm. only come up with Carol Jessica Jones Jerry Hogarth and then Villanelle and Eve even though that's not as big and then Sansa Stark Because there's so few female characters out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. that Sansa Stark was, like, notoriously hated when she was young. And I think it goes back to that, like, how early Ahsoka was hated. It's, like, that teen girl, Mm -hmm. like, learning her way through the world and it it being seen as annoying. And, like, oh, she got what she deserved type of thing because she made bad decisions when she was 14.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she, she... I think we talked about this on a previous episode where she, her and Arya remind me are like kind of like of Tyrion and Jaime, where mm. Sansa uses her brain like Tyrion does, and when Tyrion does it, it's fucking badass. Yeah, he's the coolest guy ever, and everybody has a shirt that says "I drink and I know things." But like when Sansa like literally talks her way into survival, it's. She's so annoying. She's so whiny. Like, I hate watching her. Stuff like that. And they only become interested in her when she kind of steps out of that role and into this one of, like, a kind of a femme fatale. And um, she becomes this cold,
0: distant leader. Yeah. That is but very then masculine. When
1: she... <laughs> yeah. But then when she starts challenging Daenerys, then she's a bitch again. Yeah. When she's standing up for what she knows she needs... Her people need stuff like that. Like, all of a sudden, Sansa's the worst character in the world. Again. Yeah.
0: Very practical leadership things to worry oh about. Oh, my but God. But heaven forbid she bring them up to the Queen Sansa. or whatever.
1: Sansa was the only good
0: leader in Game of Thrones. Let's be real here. Right? Sansa Stark the deserves rest the of world.
1: Them. She does. And I love her
0: um let's talk about Daenerys real quick because I feel like she suffers from bad writing as well but it's funny (laughs) like how everybody loved her and as soon as she did her very odd turn to the dark side Mm -hmm. it's like well I don't even know because there's so much bad writing involved there I can't I feel like I can't even justify like how she turned that way even though it was hinted at for so long like maybe that's left to the history books (laughs)
1: i think it's 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 a complex issue and that you have to look at it and be like yeah Daenerys suffered greatly from bad writing especially at the end of her the way that the writers handled her quote-unquote turn um it was very much so from a male lens um but at the same time is the people not allowing her the agency of having made a bad decision of being flawed um which is, I also think, is a problem of Daenerys is that everybody put her on this pedestal. Yeah. And the second that she starts to be flawed, well, pedestal starts breaking and people don't know what to do.
0: All the men that surrounded her yeah, can't handle her being flawed.
1: Like, she's our Khaleesi. She's our queen. She's our perfect queen. Like, no, like, I mean, from season one, Daenerys makes some pretty bad decisions because she's a human.
0: Um, This brings up Cersei Lannister. As well, mm-hmm. since we're on the top of Game of Thrones. And I know she's supposed to be a villain, but also she's, like, kind of a real person. Yeah. And she's very unlikable. She's ambitious. She'll, She's cutthroat. She's, yep. like, scheming. There's real people out there that are like that, that are women. Yeah. She protects her own. Yeah. I was going to say,
1: everything that she does is, like, an instinct of survival. Of <laughs> protecting her children um because i remember in season one she has this conversation with sansa about like you'll you may never love the king because at the time she's gonna marry joffrey but you you may never love the king the only thing you'll ever love is your children or something along those lines and cersei literally tries to protect her children to their deaths
0: yeah i think too um cersei grew up in a very patriarchal, I mean, all of Game of Thrones is pretty patriarchal, but especially yeah. because she had two brothers, she had this like overbearing father, her mother died, and she wanted to be the one that was in charge, she was the most yep. capable person of leading and being in power and her father never took her seriously. And so he married her off to this drunk king, before a power mm-hmm. play. Um, and she was miserable, because she knew she could be better, and she could do more. And she was ambitious. And that scene is, like, unlikable.
1: I mean, like, at some point, I think it's, like, season two or three or whatever, like, Robert Baratheon's long dead. She's the queen mother. And, like, she's coming to Tywin Lannister and being like, I know shit. I Mm. am a grown woman now. I'm not a child anymore. I am a mother of three. I am the queen mother. And Tywin basically brushes her off because she's a woman.
0: So relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Cersei but I love her at the same time because yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of shit there that makes the way that she acted makes sense for the situation and the system she was in.
1: So, how about we talk about some unlikable rem- women in the real world real quick? Oh, yeah. Um the first person <laughs> that came to mind when I started writing this was Elizabeth Warren because it's election season. Um mm-hmm. and there are everyone in their mother is a Democratic
0: candidate. and It's like, what, um, 29 people now or something? Yeah. Something it's ridiculous.
1: Like, stop. But Elizabeth Warren is like the one that's on the top of her game the most. She's continuously coming out with policies and all sorts of stuff like that. Yet she gets no press. Yeah, Because <laughs> it's all for Beto and yeah. Mayor Pete who has barely done a policy in his life. Like, here's this very accomplished woman, this very qualified woman. And again, she's she's suffering from the same treatment that
0: Hillary Clinton got. Yeah. Um, it's funny, I was listening to this, I listened to this like it's like a politics comedy podcast. And I remember one of the guests, they were talking about Elizabeth Warren. And the host of this show, I'm not gonna say who it is because I don't want to like call people out, even though I want Mm -hmm. to really bad. Um the host of the show it has like a graduate education and like political science like she's very well educated she went to law school i think and so she's talking about elizabeth warren and how she's like a huge policy junkie and so she loves elizabeth warren and she's like i'm here for her like she has a plan she like knows all these things she like knows the ins and outs of washington and like how to get shit done and she can get support she can rally support like that's this is she's a politician this is what she's been doing she's a smart politician and i remember her guest on the show was like Yeah, I don't like her because it's too much policy. Like, I need a personality.
1: Suddenly, okay, yes, this has been a thing that's, like, (coughs) I don't know. I just, maybe it's because, like, I am of voting age and I've been of voting age for so long. Like, all of a sudden, the presidency has turned into a popularity contest. Instead of who is going to be a good leader for our country, it's can I have a
0: beer with them? That was like, the exact question that they posed on this podcast, and the, an- the the answer was no, we could not have. Which I have heard, actually, that she's very personable and yeah. very easy to get along with, like, one-on-one. She has a thing spot.
1: where you can text a number and you get pictures of her dogs. Fucking whatever, like, maybe I wouldn't want, I probably would want to have a beer with Elizabeth
0: And let's be real here.
1: But, like, even if I didn't, like, you can't deny that she knows
0: her shit. I don't want to have a beer with my president. I want them to be like running the country. Yeah. In a proper manner and like forgiving my student loans and like making sure people have places to live and making sure like things are working and that we're not going to war unnecessarily with countries and we're letting refugees in and protecting people that are marginalized. Yeah. I don't want to have a beer with my president. (laughs) I want them to be working.
1: It's like <laughs> it's like that song in Hamilton during the election of 1800 where, like, people are like, you could have a beer with Burr and stuff like that. But then mm. Hamilton votes for Jefferson, even though he's his em- enemy, because Jefferson has beliefs, Burr has none. Yeah. It's like, sure, Burr's personable as hell and, like, going out there and kissing babies and shaking hands. But, like, at the end of the day the person with a better policy needs and that that aligns with your view and fights for equality and does all the things that you just mentioned like that's who should be the president
0: ah (laughs) we could do a whole episode on that
1: oh yeah and basically like everything that we've say we've said about elizabeth warren is true for hillary clinton as well
0: oh yeah and i feel like even more so because Hillary Clinton's been in the eye of the media for decades now, she was seen as unlikable in the nineties because she, I mean, and she didn't say this very well, but she wanted to be working. She didn't want to be a stay at home mom. Like she wanted to be doing something for the country. And the fact that she was like trying to create policy as the first lady was like unprecedented and Mm -hmm. like, Really frowned upon, and she was seen as very unlikable, and it's continued until now. And then, when the whole like Monica Lewinsky thing happened, which Mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing that Mm -hmm. we can get into, but the fact that like she stood by Bill's side and like forgave him and like all these things, it's just like that's complicated. And that's, I mean, that's not my marriage, so I'm not going to judge it, but she was judged for that. Like, she's not pleasing her man, so he's going elsewhere, even though Bill Clinton has a history of predatory behavior. (laughs) Right. But, like, so many people didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because she wasn't likable. Now here we are with this nightmare. Mm -hmm. Not that Hillary Clinton would have, like, cured everything. Like, she definitely has her issues, and she's definitely problematic for many reasons. Right. Right. But given the choice between her and Donald Trump, I'm sorry. Really? Because yeah. she's unlikable? Donald Trump is extremely unlikable. Great. <laughs> right. But she wasn't yeah. he wasn't punished for it.
1: Cause he's a man. Yeah. And when he speaks the truth, it's inspiring. You want a president like that that speaks their mind. He's so anti
0: Washington with the way he talks. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but if you listen to this podcast and you're a Trump supporter, get the fuck out. Like, No, no we don't like you. We don't want you We don't you want here. you. <laughs> we don't want your <laughs>
1: listens. We don't want your reviews. And I don't give a fuck if you're mad at us. Get the fuck out.
0: And please tweet about it because I want to show yeah. what an asshole you are.
1: Yeah. We love to make enemies on this pod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this has been Making Enemies, the podcast. <laughs> Another... A woman who has been featured in the media a lot lately and be uh, posed as unlikable is Megan Rapinoe Mm. of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, who
0: um, I love her. (laughs) She's so beautiful and I love her. I saw this tweet of... Damn right, she's unlikable. She's not going to fuck you. She doesn't give a fuck what you think. Mm -hmm. She's confident because she's capable and fuck you. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, she's like a man's worst nightmare. Yeah.
1: Like, she doesn't give a shit and she's not going to fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. You mean nothing to her. (laughs) Right. But, like, people were, and and a lot of the other women on the team as well. It wasn't just Megan Rapino. It was like every woman who was celebrating their win they won the women's world cup and like god forbid they're like hell fucking yeah we fucking won motherfuckers and like doing dances and going to all the parades and drinking it's like
0: it's fine when the men do this how many people love Cristiano ronaldo who is a fucking dick like right? predator all of the above sexual harasser rapist possibly yeah. like Heaven forbid he, someone react to a championship win <laughs> for the World Cup the same way that right. he would um, and be hated for it.
1: I keep seeing this video of Megan Rapino, and I can't, I don't know where it is. I think it might be in Seattle or something like that, um, where people were chanting her name
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and she was doing a dance to it. Yeah, like I've I've watched that video every single time it comes on my feed because it makes me so happy because here's this woman so joyful and acknowledging her joy and acknowledging her cell, her right to celebration and acknowledging that she's a fucking good player. Like she's the best player in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And
0: people hate her for it. Men hate her for it. Men hate her. Women are. Well, there's some women. Yeah. We can talk about that in a second.
1: That's some, some good old uh, internalized misogyny right there. Back to the politics. <laughs> Another unlikable woman. Sports is political. <laughs> Sports is political. You're right. Um, back to the traditional politics?
0: Yeah. Um, eh,
1: whatever. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
0: Ooh. I love her. She wears hoops and red lipstick Yeah. to work. She is, I want to be her best friend.
1: (laughs) She is a proud Latina who gets her shit done, will advocate for her shit, will talk about her shit while making mac and cheese on Instagram, (laughs) and it's inspiring. And, like, if if Trump has a vendetta against any woman, like, she's a good woman to like. Yeah. Unless it's, like, Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) (laughs) Which, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah so take that with a grain of salt but (laughs) if currently trump has an issue with any specific woman right now it's probably she means she's a good woman um because she's a threat to the heteronormative
0: white patriarchy she is a working class woman who comes from the bronx she's -hmm. a woman of color she's very well-spoken and I don't mean that like patronizingly is like oh women of color shouldn't be well-spoken like she got elected to congress for a reason (laughs) like she isn't afraid of speaking out against shit that she knows is wrong that the government is doing she is a huge check on this administration even though she's just one person Mm -hmm. um she knows how to use social media like very well (laughs) yeah she knows her audience and she's uh she is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And people don't like her cuz god forbid she have ambition. Men don't like her but she's pretty, so they want to mm-hmm. hate fuck her, I'm sure.
1: Oh god, yeah.
0: Which it makes me wonder if she wasn't an attractive woman, like would she be getting this much attention? Which I don't is a know. whole other thing.
1: I don't hmm. know. I never really thought about that, to be honest. Good food for thought, right? You put down Roxanne Gay. And I, I was did. Like, yes,
0: <laughs> I absolutely adore Roxanne Gay. Um, but I, she claps back on Twitter. She oh, quote God. tweets people. She's like, "You're dumb," like all the time, and I fucking love it. She's fucking petty, and she owns it. She is like a very accomplished author. Um, she writes about really hard topics like sexual assault and. Mm-hmm. Trauma and fatness, fat phobia, like all. Oh, oh my God! Like reading her books, mm-hmm. it made me think she was a very like depressed person, and I'm sure she has depression. But like when I met her in person, she is like the most magnetic human being I've ever met. It's
1: <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> like so cool.
0: Yeah, she's just amazing. Um, but I've seen people on Twitter be like, you know, I really love Rex and Gay as an author, but. She really shouldn't be on Twitter because she's just disappointing because she yeah. like claps back at people and she's petty. Like Homegirl has a PhD. She is Dr. Roxanne Gay. She is an yeah. accomplished author. She speaks all over the world. Like she is brilliant. And she is a fat black woman taking up space. And that's threatening to some people. And damn. If you don't like any of these women, you need to examine why. Would you any say of that, that we're,
1: we're unlikable women?
0: Um, I have never been told that. And I think it's because I have a lot of self-depreciating humor. And I think <laughs> that is a, um, a defense or kind of a coping mechanism to make myself feel like I need to be likable. But I feel like lately I've been doing that a lot less because I'm just like, yeah. no, this is who I am. You need to accept me or not
1: yeah
0: i feel like i started off my star wars twitter journey of like desperate
1: to be likable and like i still have that obviously that's not gonna go away that's gonna take a lot more therapy than what i've had (laughs) for that to go away but at the same time like at this point like i'm fucking done with placating to men who are being shitty to me or being weird to me making me uncomfortable and like i call them out yeah, I don't give a fuck. And like, I know there's discourse around like, should you quote tweet with a large follower counting to, of somebody who's got significantly less followers than you? And I'm like, I think that's a case by case situation. But if like some guy is coming on here and disrespecting me, I'm gonna fucking quote tweet him and rip on him and then block him because <laughs> I'm a petty ass bitch. So yeah. I'm sure plenty of people don't like me.
0: And that's fine. I'm sure people don't like me. I know people yeah. don't like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And um, I'm I okay with that. I too and I also like obviously they're probably not listening to this but like mm-hmm. ask yourself why? Like is it yeah. because we're loud ass bitches that like speak truth and like talk about really hard topics and call people out for their bullshit and don't like put up with being treated a certain way online Mm -hmm. that's unlikable or we you know we call out certain people that have a lot of clout in fandom Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um, are very high up at Lucasfilm and hold them accountable um, that makes us unlikable you can get the fuck out Um, I tweeted out that uh, that Thing that was going around with like the knives and the flowers it was like soft but soft seems soft but is hard or whatever Oh yeah 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 and then seems hard but is hard seems whatever whatever it was and it was like all over the place it was pretty funny like my results <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was like it started out as seems seems hard but is soft on the inside and then it was just like pretty much like you know 25% down the line for everything and I was like wow like I this just shows that, that like it de- really depends on your relationship with me like how you're going to get treated <laughs> yeah you're right, you're right. <laughs> like, if you're a like, woman most likely I am soft soft if you're a dude most likely like unless you prove yourself to be like not a dumb dude that's gonna annoy me like soft or like hard soft I don't know <laughs> I think I said hard soft for me like, yeah like
1: you are a hard ass bitch and that's why I love you and then also you're a soft ass bitch and that's why I love you <laughs> it's cause like I need you when I need you to be a hard ass bitch like you are and then like when I'm like Jez send me cats <laughs> like you contain
0: multitudes you can't be hard all the time and you can't be soft no, all the time like so you're much work yeah you really need a balance Um, It's exhausting to be one or the other all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now that we've talked about unlikable women to an extent, why are these unlikable women actually not unlikable?
0: Because you sexist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Like It's either you are a sexist cis man or you are a woman who has dealt with a lot of internalized misogyny like we fall victim to that still yeah like i think we tend to be really examining in our uh try to be smart about things but like even us we're like well i don't like erica um but the difference is that we have the ability to ask why um yeah self-reflection <laughs> yeah um internalized misogyny is one hell of a drug oh yeah
0: yeah i think too this um idea of scarcity comes to mind as well as as far as representation in media and even like representation in like real world like real world leaders like um we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about her but um angela merkel comes to mind oh yeah um and um teresa may teresa may even though she fucking sucks but um Mm -hmm. I think that we just don't have enough portrayals of women in general, different Mm -hmm. kinds of women in media, whether that's like fictional or just like on the in the news cycle. And so anything outside that like stereotypical, quote, norm of like feminine and like cloying and whatever, like Whatever the fucking stereotype is, I don't even know because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, that <laughs> is that is seen as unlikable. Basically, any any woman that displays any type of masculine trait that is outside of the normal patient is is not okay in a lot of people's books. But the the cure for that is to just have more, have more women yeah. in yeah. everything, in movies, in TV shows. Um, as leaders, um, in companies, in positions of power, like, yeah. because not every woman is the same. And all of the women that we've listed today are very different, I feel. Yeah, very yeah. different. Like, you wouldn't, like, look at, like, Carol Danvers and, like, Jen Urso and be like, oh, they have something in common. Like, they do, but they are very different people. And they're unlikable mm-hmm. for different reasons. Sansa Stark and Erica Quell are very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kira and Ahsoka are very different.
1: Yeah. Um Eris and Kira are very different.
0: Yes. Roxanne Gay and Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren and Megan um Rapino, very different. hmm But they have this like unlikability in common. But it's like we just we just need more. Because yeah. that's what this we're lacking—the representation for people to actually see what women are actually like. <laughs> that we're not yeah. just a monolith.
1: I feel like that's like one of our biggest messages of our podcast is like we contain multitudes. Yeah, um, like you said, we're not a monolith, and if you think of us that way, you can fuck. With-
0: <laughs> and it's like to your detriment because your yeah. spectrum of reality is just so limited. When you think of, you know, whether it's a certain gender or a certain race or group of people, any type of people as a monolith. Like that's, <laughs> that's yeah. to your detriment. Your world is that much smaller. Ugh.
1: Again, misogyny is one hell of a drug. It really is. So now that we've put our fists through on like a woman, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can hear more deep stuff, but also porn. Uh, from Lousy Beautiful Town on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Um, if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I will listen. or I will, Well, I mean, I guess I'll listen to it. But, like, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, I've had wine.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I will read it on the podcast. And we got a very lovely review from High Rollcast. And they said, I found this podcast completely on accident and have been in love with it ever since. For the longest time, I was afraid that I had fallen into a pit of Star Wars fatigue, Disney fatigue, really. But listening to the LBT podcast really brought me back into the fold and made me excited for the next Star War. Not only that, but Abby made me actually cry in the third episode with her accurate analysis on Luke and why his was a good arc. Also, I love the diversity presented here. As a queer man myself, it's nice to see some of my viewpoints affirmed, John and Go Away Challenge, by (laughs) other queer peeps in the fandom. Uh, The Star Wars fandom as a whole has become a very toxic mess, and I love finding few the few wholesome podcasts that are left. But yes, I'm actively looking forward to more podcasts or to more episodes, and can't wait to hear your takes on the rise of Skywalker and other important topics. Also, sorry for the essay; I am incapable of short reviews.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Uh,
1: thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate it something I wanted to point out is like cast said they found us completely on accident and I don't know how that was like in my Twitter or something like that but like that's why we asked for five-star reviews on iTunes is because the more five-star reviews that we get or like the more downloads we get the more iTunes starts to promote us like when you search Star Wars in the podcast section like a whole bunch of different Star Wars podcasts will come up. And like, I know we're still very new podcasts, (laughs) Yeah. Um, But my dream is to eventually eclipse rebel force radio. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So keep giving us those likes, those reviews, those five stars. So that way we can uh, take down rebel force radio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you aren't an Apple user though, you can email us stuff at lousybeautifultownpod at gmail.com or even if you are an Apple user we still like to get emails Um, you can find us on Twitter at lbtpod Jess where can the people find you? you can find me at spacejess with four s's in the jess and you can find me at abbymcecilia and with that I'm gonna go to bed (laughs) Uh gross I just
0: burp, sorry. What's the name of that book that's like uh fr uh oh never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Making making friends and whatever. I don't know. Never mind. Okay. I gotta pee. <laughs>